All right, Matthew 6, we're going to go into the Lord's Prayer, the Jesus way to pray. Come on, let's, let's read this, recite it together. Jesus says this, In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. So Jesus gives this in response to the question. What was the question? Remember? Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. So Jesus lays out this prayer that has a ton of concepts in it uh, that go from Genesis all the way to Revelation, really. It's, it's really, really deep stuff, actually. Uh, you've got some notes there, fill in the blank type things. We've got some several things we want to cover here and uh, try to keep up. And hopefully, you can, can you read that from back there, Greg? Can you see that? Bubba, can you see that? All right, hopefully that's good, good for you. What's that? I sleep better there than I do right Yeah, no kidding. I, I know the feeling now. All right, so you and I don't have to walk this journey of life alone. We know that, right? In fact, we've been kind of hitting that same time on Sundays, too. Uh, I will not fear any evil because you are what? You are with me. That's Psalm 23, right? So now here, here we're talking about prayer. Prayer is the reminder and, and, and the reality that God is with us on this journey. He's with us. And we, prayer is joining with God about what He and I are doing together. Joining with Him. And we're doing life together, right? We, we want to do everything that we do unto the glory of God and with His help, with His strength, with His wisdom. It's so much better than ours, isn't it? It's a deal you shouldn't turn down, really. We can do life together with God. Prayer is joining in with Him on what we're doing together. And we don't have to stumble in the dark concerning prayer. We really don't. Now, we oftentimes do, but we don't have to. We've got a lot of information and data on prayer. We've got a lot of things. In fact, I've said it like this. We have been given a rich history of praying people. We've been given a rich history of teachings. Scripture's full of them. Full of actual prayers as well. We've been given the rich history of, of prayers, traditions, and even given glimpses into some people's personal prayers and struggles. Like the book of Psalms is, is a great example of that, right? I mean, those are like personal poems and personal prayers that people have written in, in good times, bad times, difficult times, uh, uh, you know, all those, all those kind of things. We've been given a rich history of all this, so we're not left to ourselves. There, there's already been a trail blazed for us. We can walk on it. It's always better when you, when you don't have to make the trail, right? That's right? It's always better to walk one that's already there. As for the ancient past, Jesus said, all of this led by the teachings and spirit of Jesus give us a compass, a map, and a personal guide into a life of prayer. If we're going to take a trip and we're going to go mountain hiking, okay? Let me ask you which one you want. A compass, a map, or a guide? Which one you want? I want all three of them. <laughs> I want all three of them, especially depending on who the guide is. Of course, we got the Holy Spirit with us. But, but the, the compass helps you get your bearings. The map keeps your orientation. The guide helps you know which way to go, right? We've got all of that in our spiritual life, in our life with prayer. All of this led by Jesus, obviously, taking us deeper into the heart and the ways of God. And on, on the journey, we get transformed. We get transformed, become a certain kind of people that God wants. All right, so now we're getting involved in prayer and, and study and scripture and learning and walking together and reaching out. We're getting involved in God's business. In fact, I'm reminded of what Jesus said when he was just a little boy. Remember what he said? They were looking for him, and he said, Don't you know that I have to be about my 
my father's business, right? Now, my father's business. Uh, God is in this business. And you can say it all kind of different ways. This just happens to go along with what we're talking about in our, our prayer, just to sum it up like this. God is in the business of giving and forgiving. That's what he does. That's his nature. His nature, he is love. So love always finds a way to express itself through giving, doesn't it? In some way, some kind of way to bless, some kind of way to impart. God is just like that. Whether it's encouragement you need, confidence you need, resources you need, whatever it might be, gifts and all those things we need in ministry, God has the ability to give us everything that we need. In fact, one writer says it like this. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. He's in the business of giving. And he's also in the business of forgiving. And forgiving kind of postures us for his giving, actually. You know, he's in the business of forgiving. God wants to forgive. He's not wanting to hold anybody's sins against. He, in fact, one writer says this. He doesn't have any pleasure in the death of the wicked. You know, some preachers preach like he's, he's glad. He's glad to send people to hell. They preach it like that. In fact, you heard about the guy who went to the, the, the revival service and uh, his wife's been trying to get this guy to church forever and forever and forever. One preacher got up there that, that one night and he preached a sermon on hell and how hot it was and all this kind of stuff. Nothing. The guy didn't respond. And the lady went home with her husband and said, well, what in the world? You didn't respond to that? He said, no. Nah. The next night they had a new guy come in. He preached the same text, same sermon, different way. Preached about hell. And the man responded. And the lady said, when they got home, said, well, what, what, what was the difference? You know, the guys, in fact, the guy that preached Monday seemed to be pretty wound up about it. Seemed pretty good. But you responded to the guy on Tuesday on the same, same lesson. He said, what was it? He said, well, the guy that preached on Monday acted like he wanted me to go to hell. The guy on Tuesday acted like he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's a big difference. There's a big deal on how we present the gospel, you know. You can say the same things. I can say I love you, or I can say I love you. Uh, with granted teeth. I can say the same words, but say it a different way, and it makes a whole different message, doesn't it? All right. So first, we, we've got to learn to receive from our Father. We, we receive from Him. right? So all those gifts and all those blessings, we, we open up our life to Him to receive in abundance whatever He's got to give us. And then, as we receive, what, what's, the, what's the automatic thing that people that receive should do? Yeah. They automatically learn to give. You know, you, you do that. We just need to learn to do it better and more. Because, you know, like, what, what if you watch a really good movie? What do you want to do? You got to tell somebody about it. You read a really good book, what are you going to do? You're going to call somebody and say, hey, you need to read that book, Shelly. <laughs> I did that the other day, didn't I? <laughs> All right. But, but you know, it's just not, it's not complete until we give it away. It's just not. It's got, we got to find an outlet. So you can be like the Sea of Galilee in that geography lesson. You can be like the Sea of Galilee that, that the Jordan River comes through and it, it waters a lot of the land. Or you can be like the Dead Sea. What's the problem with the Dead Sea? It, it takes, 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 and it does, has no outlet to give. And therefore, the salt content gets up and doesn't have any way to, to release it. Okay. So give. Learn to give. Jesus said this, freely you have received, freely give. And what God wants is he wants sons and daughters who join him in this business of giving and forgiving. I, I honestly believe that Christians ought to be the most gracious, most giving, most loving people on the planet. It's not always our testimony, but we should be because that's where our daddy is. You see what I'm talking about? We should be a people who learn to give and forgive ourselves. We become people of love just like our father. 
In fact, Jesus said it like that. He said, you be perfect just like your heavenly father is in this perfect, complete, you know, this giving and forgiving thing. Right? You get the idea. It's God's business. We learn to give to others. Now, I want you to notice the flow again as we, we kind of are in the second half of the prayer at this point in time in our, in our study. Notice the flow. You know, we started out, start off with this part. Jesus says, very, I want you to pray in this manner. And I think it's important to keep the flow. Okay, we're not going to get legalistic about it all, but we, we need to be mindful of what we're doing when we pray. Our Father, He says, honor His name. Hallowed be your name, right? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Right? So kingdom come, will done. That, that's, that's one of the focuses of our lives and our prayer. We want God's name honored. We want His kingdom to come. I, I, I urge you to put that language in your mind, in your prayers, when you pray, when you pray for other people. Okay? We talked about it. When Jesus went to somebody and they were sick and He prayed for their healing, how did the kingdom come? It came in healing, didn't it? He came to somebody who was walking in, in some sort of blindness or ignorance about, about truth. What was, how did the kingdom come to him? Well, he taught them. He imparted to them the kingdom. Taught them. You know, I'll, let me tell you what the kingdom's like. The kingdom's like this. You know? Jesus did that. Now, now, this is the first part of the prayer, okay? This is where we start. I recommend you start in your prayer like this. Now, it doesn't have to be terribly long. We've got to get to needs and things like that. But I recommend you start. That's what Jesus teaches us. First, this first, Okay? Then this next, okay, this next, give us daily bread. Forgive us. Help us forgive others, right? Lead us not into temptation. Somebody said, you don't lead me into temptation. I can get there all by myself, right? <laughs> no, lead us not into temptation, but keep us out of trouble, Lord. Keep us out of trouble and deliver us from evil. Now, isn't it, isn't it something that I personally believe, and of course we would go through the Psalms and attest to it, that these topics in prayer really take up a whole lot of our prayer life, if you think about it. You're talking about your needs and your provision, things like that. Forgiveness, Lord, help me to forgive. Help me be forgiven. You know? Isn't that interesting? I'd just like to, we almost could, we could probably, if we could listen to you pray for the next 30 days, I could about guarantee you that all of your prayer requests would, would fall under one of these things right here. I mean, Jesus is brilliant. I mean, he answers this question, teach us to pray. Lord, will you teach us to pray? He answers this request with this loaded up. Man, it's loaded. I mean, it is deep. It is thick, dense. It goes through the whole revelation of Scripture, really. All right? Now, this flow kind of goes along with everything else Jesus talks about, too. Okay? Go over in Matthew 6, 33. It says this. Jesus says, but seek first. There's that first thing again, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. You see, we're talking about first was name, kingdom, and will, right? Father. Father's word, Father's name, Father's kingdom, Father's will, right? That's first. Then all these other things will be added. Okay? Now, I, we transgress this a whole lot. We don't always seek first God's kingdom. Okay? But Jesus is always teaching us to be mindful of it. Is it because God's got a big ego? No. He, he just knows that's how it works. And he knows that's how you are at optimum performance when you put him first in everything you do. Okay? All right. I think you get the point. Now, notice this in, in the text, okay? Our Father who art in heaven. No, notice us in, this in the prayer. Notice the word our and the word us. I, I just think it's very significant. Now, let's go through there and let's see how many times is us and our in the prayer. I got the prayer written in your notes right there. Let's count them together. Us and our in the prayer. Let's, let's count them together. Can we do that? Uh, let's see. Our, our. That's one right there. Somebody keep counting for me. 
All right, your will done on earth as it is in heaven, give us, that's two, right? That's three, our daily bread. And forgive us, four, five. And of course, there's a, there's a we right there. Let's throw that we in there too. That's, that's kind of the same idea. Six, seven, do not, eight, huh, there we go, nine, hmm, how about that? In this short little five verses that we have in Matthew 6, we have this idea of our Father and help us, Lord, give us. Okay, why, why would he word it that way? What, what is the, the significance? What's that? It's just, a, it's a, a debt. We'll, we'll talk about that next week, but you know, some of them say, uh, there are other translations that say sins, trespasses, and debts. It says, says debts, okay? And, and, and here's the... You know, they're, they're different. They're just different ways of saying the same thing, really. It's just different words. Now, a trespass is when you cross the line, you know. That's when you cross the wrong line. A debt is... That's right. You, you, you see that sign right there when you're hunting, and it says no trespass, and you're supposed to not go there, right? God says no trespassing all the time. It's called thou shalt not, right? You shouldn't do these particular things, okay? And if you cross that line, that's a, that's a trespass, right? It's the same thing as a sin. <laughs> but what the deal is, the reason we have to be forgiven is because our trespasses incur a debt. Okay? They incur a debt that's got to be paid. That's when Jesus had to go to the cross as well. We'll talk more about that next week. But, um, now, is the word me found in the prayer? Now, it's not wrong to pray for you. There's a lot of psalms that talk about me, search me, God, and me, help me, and all that kind of thing. not wrong for you to pray for yourself. But there's, there's a better way Jesus is teaching us not to just be all about you, right? Anybody got any insight why there's, that's not me? Because, I mean, he very well could have said, in fact, it, it seemed like if I was writing the prayer, I would say, uh, my Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I'd say, give me this day my daily bread. Forgive me my debts. Don't lead me into deliver me. You know, we were writing a prayer. That's the way we'd write it, wouldn't we? But why did Jesus in his genius, why, why did he say us and our? Why did he say that? What does he think about us? What, what's our natural human tendency? It's me. It's just about us, right? It's just about me, me, myself, and I, my three favorite people, right? <laughs> You do, you do. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and so Jesus in his genius says, I want you to expand your heart. You're included in the us now. Don't get me wrong. You're included in there. It's us, right? So I'm in there too. But Yes, yeah, so is our family, our church family, you know, the people that are close to you, those kind of things. The people you're mindful of. Actually, the whole kingdom is included in the us, really. But, you know, we're specific about it. When, when I'm praying for my family, that us means them, right? So, I mean, I think Jesus is just a genius to, to include it because he knows we need expansion in our heart in that area, don't we? Because we all have a tendency to narrow the world down to our little world. And if we're not careful, we'll even make spirituality just about us. 
and my personal devotion, my personal this, my personal that. The, the New Testament never presents it that way. It always presents us as a family, as the body of Christ. It's not just... In fact, when you read the, epistle, the epistles that Paul wrote, the you in there is almost always plural. It's not you, Janice. It's you all. We got a word for that, right? Y'all. <laughs> really, that's the way it should be translated. We need, I'm going to put that in the tube, Bubba. When I put that word debts in there, I'm going to put that word y'all in there. <laughs> But some your, your heart goes out. Yeah, sure. And somebody's no doubt, no doubt. And so, so our world begins to expand outside of ourselves, and, and that's part of denying yourself. You know, it, it, you know that kind of thing. Right, so let's go into this fourth request here. This fourth request in Matthew six eleven simply says this: Give us this day. Our daily bread. Say that with me. Give us this day our daily bread. So that's the fourth petition, or the fourth request in this prayer. So we're asking and trusting Father to meet our needs. That's what this prayer is about, right? And, and our needs are various in all different kinds. And we're saying, Lord, we're asking and trusting you and saying, please give us. Please give us. And, and you fill in the blank, whatever it is you need. That, that, that'd be between you and him, whatever it is we need as, as a people. Asking is an action of faith. You know that? Jesus said, when you pray, ask, didn't he? He said, ask, seek, and not in another place. Jesus intends on us asking. And asking is an action. I purposefully put the word action instead of act of faith because it's an action of faith. We're, we're extending faith to God when we ask Him for things, whether it be healing, whether it be wisdom, whether it be encouragement, whether it be help in any kind of way, whatever, whatever you're asking for, it, it, it needs to be done in an act of faith, okay? Because when you really ask the way you should, you believe God can, you believe that God cares, and you believe God is a rewarder for those who diligently seek Him. That, that's, that's, the three, that's where the faith comes in. You believe that God can do. You know, if, if, I, if I go and ask Bubba for a million dollars, what do I believe Bubba has? <laughs> That's a lot of faith, ain't it, Bubba? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might be a trespass, huh, Bubba? <laughs> yeah, that's right. But no, if, if, if I ask somebody for something, I'm inferring that I believe you have it. Okay, you have it to give. So when we ask God to meet our needs, whatever they might be, okay, material, immaterial, whatever it might be, you're, you're, you're extending faith to say, Lord, I believe that you have. And that you are that you care enough, that you care. And a real big point of our faith is that we know that God hears us and God cares about us, okay? Remember the disciples when they got in that storm, the question they asked when they woke up Jesus, don't you care? See, that becomes a real challenge to our trusting. God, don't you care about me? See, faith says he does, so I'm going to ask him, all right? So we're, and we're, we're asking and we're trusting. Trusting is believing that God is at work and that he will provide now trusting is where, where our faith is tested in in fact trust is kind of another word for faith it, I, I like to use the word trust better because it's a little bit seems a little bit more active because if I if you're trusting that chair to hold you you're going to sit in it right you're trusting God to provide for you see that's what patience is patience is trusting that God's at work 
Patience is not just waiting on answers. Patience is saying, hey, I know you're working. I believe you are at work right now. Okay? All right. So give us this day our daily bread. All right? Give us this day. Now, this, this idea of daily bread, this is where we get the idea that Jesus intended us to pray this prayer consistently, even on a daily basis. Okay? Again, we're not legalistic about it, but I believe it would really help you if you begin to incorporate some of this into your prayer life and, and your life of prayer. All right? So it's a daily dependence and a request for God's help, isn't it? It's a daily dependence. Okay, now we're in, in Sundays, we're on Psalm 23. We're in this shepherd sheep thing. How dependent are the sheep on the shepherd? Completely. 100%, right? 100%. How dependent on you are, are, how dependent are you upon God? Say it like that. More than you think. I can tell you that. You're really 100%. If he don't give you your next breath, you couldn't catch it with a fast train, I can tell you. But we don't. No, she does tell me every Sunday to tell y'all hi. I, sometimes I say, tell you and sometimes I don't. But she tells me every Sunday morning. She said, tell them I all said hi. So now, that was her big chance. And she's like, she'll kill me later. That's all right. All right. Now this, this give us this day our daily bread. Now, I, I prefer bread trucks over bread slices. How about you? <laughs> and we like it that way. You know, we, we, we want to, you know, whatever. We, we want the big windfall to come. But God will never make a life for you where he's not needed. You know that? The enemy will. But God will never make a life for you where he is not needed. You know? Wow. So this, this idea of, of coming into this, this day, this day. Remember we talked about the green pastures. It's just enough for today. Just enough for now. A mouthful here, a little bit over here, what I need over here, what I need over there. You know? I just think that's important. It's a daily dependence. God will give us daily physical bread. I believe this prayer reaches into that for sure. And you think about how many people in the world don't have physical bread that they need. That'd be food in general, you know. You think about that. You know, you and I are blessed. We, we got grocery store full of stuff. We can drive anywhere and get just about anything we want. But there are people today, you know, probably within driving distance of here that don't have the nourishment that they need. I mean, did Jesus ever speak to us about doing something about that? Then if you find somebody that's hungry, what do you do? And he wasn't just talking about a Bible study right there, was he? He's talking about peanut butter and jelly, tuna fish, ribeye, whatever you got. He's talking about that kind of thing. So there's, there's a real practical aspect that this prayer goes into as well, right? We need that in our lives. And, we, and you know, a man can't hear the gospel if he's hungry. I can tell you that right now. All right? So God will give us daily physical bread and you ought to ask him for it you ought to ask him for it i know you go to piggly wiggly and get it or walmart and get it or whatever you, wherever you go and get it i know you go down there and get it but guess who put it on the shelves guess who gave you the money to get it guess who gave you the strength to earn the money to get it if we wanted to reduce it all back guess who gave you the wisdom to do your job to get there so you could get the money to buy the food who gave the farmer the wisdom and the insight to plant and to take care of and you know who's the source of it all when, it, when you trace it all back? It's him. He's the source of it all. So don't forget about that now. In fact, you ought to train yourself and your children every time you sit there to break bread. Every time. Every time you do it. Every time you sit down to eat. Thank God for your food. Bless him. Amen. I mean, make it a habit. I know that I may be preaching to the choir here, but make that a habit. Make it a habit. 
So God will give us physical bread, but God will also give us spiritual bread. Spiritual bread. Let's talk a little bit about that idea. Okay, so daily bread reaches into these two realities, these two realms, the eternal realm and both in the here and now. Now to God, it's all the same, but to us, it's kind of split, you know. God's concerned about your eternity, but he's also concerned about your here and now. That's what this prayer is about. It's about your spiritual needs, but it's also about your physical needs. God's concerned about the both of them. All right, now prayer is meant to keep your needs from becoming your anxieties. That's what prayer is meant to be. It's the best medicine we got. And, and you come and join him in that yoke, join him in these prayers, join him by faith, and you will find rest for your soul. Jesus promises that, okay? So prayer is designed to keep your needs from becoming your anxieties. You got bills? Sure we do. You got financial difficulties? Pray about it. You say, well, I made such a mess of my finances. I got myself in debt. Well, tell him about that. You know? And, you know, we preach on tithing and giving and things like that in church. And some of you want to crawl under the pew because you know you're in a situation that you can't hardly give what you know you need to give. Well, you need to trace that back. Why? Why did you get in that situation? Talk to God about that so he can get you out of it so you can become the giving person you need. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, I've been there. I know, I know what that prayer's about. And then you go home and cut up your credit cards, but that's another sermon. <laughs> All right, so it, it, and anxiety is a big issue. We've talked a lot about it. All right, now listen to this, Psalm 68, 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation, Selah, who daily blesses us. He daily blesses us. So God won't, and he wants you to know it comes from him, you know? I always, with, with Lily in Christmas time, I, I always, uh, Santa nothing, I bought that. <laughs> Santa nothing. I mean, y'all do Santa if you want to. I, I ain't got nothing against the guy. He, he, he's a pretty nice guy, actually. Uh, but, I, I mean, when I, I didn't put his name on it. I put my name on it. It come from Daddy. I did, because I wanted her to know I blessed her. It didn't just, it didn't just come out of the air somewhere. That I blessed her with that. You know what I'm talking about? You got that? <laughs> Y'all do what you want to do. I'm just saying. <laughs> God wants you to know that it comes from Him. All right? All right. He daily loads us with benefits. The God of our salvation. Selah means? Selah, it's actually kind of a musical term. And it literally means like a pause. So when we're looking at it in the Bible, reading it, we don't have all the musical notes. <laughs> So Selah was left into the translations to say, kind of like, kind of like this. I want you to pause a minute. Think about that. Okay. Pause a minute. Think about it. So blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with his benefits, the God of our salvation. You need to think about that. Take a minute. Think about that. You know, that's the idea outside of the music stuff. Okay. All right. Good question. Now, daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, are there any daily bread stories in the Old Testament? Are there any daily bread stories y'all know about? It rhymes with your favorite person. Anna and manna, right? <laughs> yes, there's that manna story in it, okay? It's in the book of Exodus, right? What do you know about that manna story? I want to know what you know. Tell me what you know. It rained manna from? From heaven. 
right? And God said, it didn't come from Santa Claus. I want them to know I gave it to him. He said, <laughs> just to back up my point again. He said, I want them to know that I'm the Lord their God that brought them out, and I'm going to bless them with this manna. What else you, what else you know? It rained down from heaven? What, what else? We actually studied Sunday school. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, that's another, that's another feeding story right there. Elijah's. Nice. Right, so, so the manna story. Stick. Some people gathered more than they needed and it went bad, right? Okay. So you, you were given, it came every single day, right? It was daily bread, right? And you were to, depending on the size of your household, you were going to get so many. They call them omers or something of that nature. It was about, I think if we go to measurements, it's somewhere like five to seven cups per person. It was something like that. You got just enough for your family for that day. And what happens if you got concerned about it and, uh, and you got a little bit too much? What happened to it? It rotted right there, didn't it? It rotted. Because God was teaching them not just about his provision. He was also teaching them about their greed and their thoughts about how they needed something a little bit extra. They didn't need any extra. He was going to take care of them. Why did he not want you to have any extra and didn't give them any refrigeration? Because he's, he's taking you on a journey. He said, I'll be there tomorrow too, y'all. Trust me to be there tomorrow. Okay? So your kid already knows that. Your kid just opens up the refrigerator and they expect milk in there. They already know that. They're not, they don't even have any anxiety about it. They just absolutely, just a childlike faith just absolutely believes that you love them and you're going to have that in there. It's yeah. going to be there. And if it's not, you're going to go get it, right? And they'll be bold enough to ask you to, to go get it too, won't they? All right. Now, what else about the manna story? What else do we know about the manna story? It's in Exodus 16 if you, if you look at it. You know, we're not going to read it because of time. But what, 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 what else do you know about the manna story? Okay. How did it start, by the way? Did anybody know how it started? Well, they were hungry, right? And they were complaining, and they were fussing. They'd come this far out here in this desert, and there's no food, and then they complained against Moses. Moses said, it ain't against me, it's against the Lord. You better watch yourself now. And he's real plain about that. And he said, he said uh, you're complaining, and some of their complaints are like this. We had it good in Egypt. We had all the food we could eat in Egypt. Eating all this other guy. They do that again later. Huh. They forgot how, how rough Egypt actually was. But, you know, when you start complaining, that's just where it goes. And God said, I'm, you tell them I'm going to give them some quail and I'm going to give them some manna. Okay. Anybody know what the manna actually was? There's actually some description in the Bible about it. It was kind of like a little, it was almost like a wafer flowered seed. It said it was like a coriander seed. That when you put it together and you ate it, it, it had a sweetness to it that tasted like it had a little honey in it. That's what, that's what it says in uh, Exodus 16. Okay? Anybody know what the word manna means? Remember, remember that from the Bible study. It actually is, this stuff was falling out of heaven. It came with the, like, falling out of heaven like with the dew. It was covering the ground. They were to go out and gather it up. Okay? In the desert, in the sand. Right there. So, evidently, it didn't. Collect with the sand, evidently. But they're, they're, they're there to get this, and they look at it, and the word manna literally in the Hebrew means, what is it? <laughs> you ever had one of them meals where you look down at it and say, what is it? <laughs> so, 
Hey, watch out now. We used to call that at the school cafeteria the mystery meat day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't say that often. But they, but they say, hey, she cooked some deer steaks for us the other night. It was awesome, man. I tell you, it was awesome. They, they basically said, what is it? Because they'd never seen anything like it before. You know? And this miracle, it says, lasted for 40 years. How about that? How about God just took care of them? Okay. Now, what was the thing? That, on, remember the Friday, Saturday thing? What were they supposed to do? What did they do? There was one day at the end of the week. Remember? The, the day before the Sabbath, they were supposed to do what? They were to gather up enough for two days. And they were not to leave their tents to do any kind of work on the Sabbath day. Okay? They were to rest. And that's, that's another test that all this provision's about. God wants you to learn to rest. That's one reason why we come to gather on worship on Sundays. Now, it's not a full-blown Jewish Sabbath by any means. Uh, it wouldn't necessarily hurt us to put some of those things into our practices. But Sabbath was the idea to say, God, I'm going to rest from my labors because my sustenance doesn't come from my labors. It comes from your goodness. You take the day off, right? It's really why our work week's set up. It's set up the way it is. You get one Sabbath for your family and you get one Sabbath for church. It really is set up that way when they set the blue laws in the five-day work week. It's set up that way. It's designed. Our work week is supposed to be designed. Now, we've got all kinds of things and people working third shifts and working swing shifts and all that kind of stuff now. But y'all remember the days when those things were? Everything was closed on Sundays. Remember that? Okay. So you know a little bit about the manna story. That's a daily bread story, right? Give us this day our daily bread. God did that for them in the desert. Now you think about how important it was to them. I mean, the desert, I mean, you're not, you're not getting takeout from the Chinese place. You know what I'm saying? You're not, there's no McDonald's down the road. There's, there's no Piggly Wiggly grocery store, Walmart down next, you know, three blocks over, two mountain tops over. There's nothing like that. You, you, you're absolutely 110% dependent on God. And God came through for them on a daily basis. There's other things he said, too, about them. You know, their clothes didn't wear out. Sandals didn't wear out. I mean, uh, Moses had the same pair of shoes for 40 years. <laughs> and it worked, worked out. It was okay. <laughs> All right, now. Yeah, that's, there you go. God took care of us. Now, see, all these stories that we've got are for our learning. You know, they're, they're for our faith. They're to help us. She said, so Jesus didn't intend for women to cook. Where did they cook in the Bible? Where did women cook in the Bible? Actually, I could give you several examples, but let's don't go there. Uh, anyway. But I'm not, yes, I, 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 I'm, not even, I'm not even engaging this. We're going to, all right? So this Exodus 16 story, okay? Exodus 16 story of the manna, the daily bread thing. What were Jesus' comments about this story? You, you know anything about that? Jesus had a few things to say about that story. What did he say? All right, go over to John 6. John 6, 31. I need somebody to read that for me. I don't have it pulled up on my notes. I wanted somebody to read it. John 6, 31 through 35. Jesus mentions this daily bread. That's it. 
It, it comes out of there. <laughs> it, yes, you're right. It is actually the place where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Okay, but he's, he's got some other things to say about it. So he's got that 631 through 35. Anybody? Miss Jenny, you want to read that for me? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert as theirs ate the manna. Our fathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Mm. You got a little bit to say about that now. He said, Moses didn't give you that bread, although it's attributed to him. You know, and he's, he's worthy of honor. My father gave it to you, but, the, but your father also gives you something else. He gives you the true bread that comes down from heaven. Now, Jesus is going to tell them what the true bread is now. Okay. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I Hey, that's, that's a prayer. That's a prayer. Lord, give us. You know, that's kind of along our lines. Lord, give us that bread. We want to eat that. Our forefathers ate that stuff that fell out of heaven. We want to eat what you're talking about, Jesus. And this is what he says. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Mm. He said that he is the bread that we should eat. Huh. Now that's the same chapter right there. Later on, Jesus will say, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Remember that? We're, and they had a big ruckus over that. Split the church. Everybody got mad. And they ran them out of town, actually. Because it, it, it sounded so weird and so strange. They basically said, manna. <laughs> Even when Jesus said it. When Jesus is, what is this you're talking about? Your flesh and your blood. We're looking at the whole cross. We know what he means, right? He actually gave us the communion table to show us those symbols of his flesh and his blood. All right? But Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And if you eat from me, you won't thirst again. Hmm. All right? See, so he ties it in with that Exodus 16. Now, this idea of daily bread, let's wrap this up, okay? God has daily physical bread for you. God has daily spiritual bread for you. Now, not to get too much into this story, but this is Jesus' temptation in Matthew chapter 4. It says, now, when the tempter came to Jesus, the tempter said, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. And the enemy's always trying to make you turn something into bread. Whatever it might be. He's always trying to get you to fulfill your desires in some other kind of way. This will satisfy you. You Eat some of this. Take some of this. I mean, it all started with somebody taking something off of a tree, eating something they shouldn't have, you know, in Genesis chapter 3. It's kind of the same idea. And now Jesus is the only one that stands up to him. He tells Eve to eat of this and Adam to eat of this. They do. He tells Jesus to eat of this. He's not biting. He's not doing it. <coughs> But Jesus answered and said to him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That literally we get our sustenance, our life. I believe that's part of what Jesus is talking about when he says, Eat of me. We get our sustenance and our life from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now where are those contained? In the scriptures, aren't they? In the scriptures. Now, let me throw this out to you. Give us this day our daily bread. Let me throw this to you. You need a daily word from God. You need it. I need it. 
It's part of our life source. We need daily nourishment. You have daily breakfast. You have daily food. You need a daily spiritual food. You need daily spiritual breakfast. Every one of us need it. If you don't eat physically, if you don't eat properly, what, what happens to you? You, you, you get ornery. Oh, you, <laughs> oh that's just the first six hours. <laughs> yeah, that's the first two hours, actually. You get, you get angry, you get hangry. You know, we call it a thing called hangry. You get irritable. But if you don't eat long, if, if, if that situation is prolonged too long, then your physical body begins to break down. And when your physical body breaks down, you don't die from hunger. You die from the stuff that attacks your body because your immune system's not up, right? Now think about that spiritually. Same thing applies. When we don't have our daily bread from God, our, body, our, our spirit man begins to break down. He's not as strong as he needs to be. He's irritable. He's not as patient as he needs to be. You know what I'm talking about? Attacks come like temptations and other things. And now we become vulnerable to what, what Jesus said. If you learn to watch and pray, you wouldn't enter into those things. You know what I'm talking about? You and I need a daily word from God. All right. Now, what, what if on this daily word thing? If that daily word comes like the manna in Exodus 16, it don't always come that way, but what if it, what, let's just imagine for a second. If it comes like that manna did in Exodus 16, what would that look like for you? Okay, let, let me just kind of prep you a little bit. Okay, God gave the manna in Exodus 16, right? He could have dropped it in their frying pan for all that matter, but where'd he put it? Outside the tent, which means they had to do what? You had to go get it. So God's giving you a whole book full of manna. But he's not going to put it in your mouth. He's not going to put it in your mind. What's he say? You've got to go get it. you got to get up. Go get it. It's in there. Go find it. Get it. Right? Okay. And, and spiritual food is kind of like natural food. You can't store it up. I mean, you can store it up to a certain degree. But after a while, you, you've got to have a constant diet of this. Right? You see the point. You got physical meals every day. You need spiritual meals as well. Okay, in the morning is a great time to get it. It's not the only time, but it's a great time to get it. All right. I think we're done, right? Any questions, comments before we pray? Give us this day our daily bread. So it, it reaches into the physical aspect of our lives for real food, sustenance, resources. Reaches in... Uh, and, and into the spiritual and emotional needs of our life, too. All right? Questions, comments before we go? Come on, let's pray this. Let's pray it. Let's just don't, don't read about it. Let's pray it, all right? Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Jesus, for helping us. And, Lord, I, I just pray you'd just help us to honor your name more, to bring honor to it. Uh, help. May our walk together, us together, Lord, may we bring honor and glory to your name and how we respond to you, how we walk out this life, how we love one another, how we love people around us. Help us. And Lord, we ask that your kingdom come and your will be done. And Lord, as, as your kingdom is coming to us, we ask you to provide for us. We need your provision. We're, we're at a loss oftentimes, and, and without your blessing, Lord, it's just not going to work right anyway. So we ask that from your hand, Lord, that you give us what we need. Give us the strength that we need in our bodies. Give us the strength we need in our minds. Lord, give us the strength we need in our spirit, man, and that's going to be strong to face whatever temptations and difficulties we've got to face, Lord. 
Give us this day the things that we need for today. We thank you, Lord, for it. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, that your heart is renewed towards us every single day. Lord, we thank you that you always, always provide for your own. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you for daily bread. And Lord, I, I pray that you'd help us to not feel condemnation when we're talking about that, that daily spiritual diet. Some of us just are struggling in that area, Lord. I just pray you would help us see the value of how important it is that we live off of your word. How important it is. I, my words can't even express it. We cannot live without your word. Your word created the worlds. Your breath created us. We need you. We need you to speak. We need to hear loud and clear. So I pray that our devotions won't just be religious activity, but it'll be a place of nourishment and strength for us, Lord, so that we can be the sons and daughters you called us to be. We thank you. Give us today what we need, Lord. You're good for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.